So the religious faith is a singing faith, and because of what was sung, we now have a Bible. The Hebrews were a people of song. They were only the only people on the planet that God called um, his people. They were called out. They were all, the whole tribe was musical. You're going to hear some terms today that you've probably never heard before. That's in your Bible. Those of you that study your Bible or read your Bible. By the way, the whole thing about the prophetic and prophecy is you can't prophesy without having the Word of God inside of you. Word of God in, prophecy comes out. And you go, how do I know if I'm even supposed to prophesy, if that's my gift? Well, the first telltale sign is if it's in your heart to do so, then God probably put it there. And that's a good place to start. So when you get time in your long time, read through those gifts of the Spirit and ask the Holy Spirit, which one do I have? Because you've definitely got one of them. And probably, truth be known, more than one. One quick thing about all you guys, as you come through this sanctuary and you begin to worship the Lord, you know, most of the time the mindset is for people to wait until the worship team gets into a good spot and then it starts to get exciting. When in fact, you're all a part of the worship team. Every single person in this room, when you come into those doors, it's time to get it on with God. And I just want to encourage you in that, that in everything that you do, you know, when you walk through these doors, don't wait for the worship team to find that spot. You come loaded for bear right in your heart. Luke 2 was a musical night. It was the night when the heavenly hosts sang, uh, the lights in the heavens, just a beautiful moment out of nowhere. These shepherds drop in, and all of this scenario that's taking place is just absolutely in, incredible. And, you know, music has been at the forefront of every single revival we've had. Every revival in the history of revival has its own sound, has its own song. And that's what I love about Pastor David is doing here, forcing the team to go out into the unknown, which is what we're going to talk about, two things today, if we get to it. It's a lengthy subject, uh, extravagant subject as well, but the tabernacle of David and what really are the selahs and how do we operate in, when a selah begins to come to the people. Music is the force that God created. It bypasses the intellectual arena. It bypasses the flesh and goes straight to the spirit. Now, there's tons of different songs in the Bible. I'll just read you a few. There's war songs, songs of triumph, marching songs, songs for workmen, songs for the watchmen, love songs, wedding songs, drinking songs. Yeah? Psalm 69.10, when I made sackcloth my clothing, I became a byword to them. I'm the talk of all of those who sit in the gate, and the drunkards make songs about me, says David. Dance song, songs of the harlot, palace song, songs of derision, songs of sorrow, songs of joy. Psalms uh, 120 through 134 they're called the songs of ascent because as they went up through the mountains to Jerusalem to worship, they called those songs of the ascent because they were ascending to the temple to climb those 15 steps and then begin to minister to the Lord. That's Deuteronomy 16. They were sung by the Levites and the singers. Now, to prove that all of you are on the worship team, so before uh, the African-Americans and the Indians came, into, came upon the scene, uh, the African-Americans and those tribes, they had all of the black notes on the keys. They sang atonally. And then, of course, from Ireland and on 
the West, we brought in the major notes on the keyboard. But when we all sing together, both of you that go, you know, your wife goes, you can't carry a tune in a bucket. That's all the more reason to sing because it's a sound of many waters when everyone is coming together and singing. So everyone is part of the worship team. We're coming into a new place as well where worship and evangelism is going to explode. And we're going to literally see with our eyes the new song. Psalms 43, he's put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. Many will see it and fear and will trust in the Lord. What are they going to see? They're not going to see the song. They're going to see the bowing, the weeping, the dancing, the joyousness, lying prostrate, the wave offering, waving of hands. Isaiah 41, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me, he heard my cry, and he brought me out of the horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock. He's put a new song in my mouth, praise to God. Many will see and fear the song. What they will see, dancing, twirling, flags, uh, it's just going to be incredible. The music, someone gave me a word a long time ago, a few years back, that there's going to be a musical extravaganza starting somewhere in the earth. And I believe it started here. When I read all of the scriptures about all of the wars and music and trumpets and the shouting, the Shabbat of God, which brought the, imagine a people, 30, 40,000 people and the shout of God brings a whole wall down because of that frequency, God's spirit that's coming out of you, that his spirit upon you, anointing you. And that's what we're doing here Sunday. That's why we're, we're having these moments where um, the music is silent and, and sometimes it's loud and drums are beating and there's no words and you go, where are the words to the song? How do we join in? Well, you're the people of God. That spirit, that same spirit begins to activate inside of all of us and we minister to the Lord. You know, the, the, in the New Testament, the ministry of the musician is actually in the fivefold ministry is the evangelist. In the old days, they used to call them the evangels. And what's so important about the restoration of the tabernacle, as we're getting ready to read, it's, it's, it's something, it's a weapon that God has given us to us that has formed that suddenly when there's people out there knocking on the door, whether it's woke or like in New York City, the 5,000-member parade saying that we're coming for your children, we're coming for your children. No, you're not. We're here in the sanctuary calling out to God with songs of deliverance, songs for flower bluff, songs for this city, songs that will change the nature. It's just we haven't come into it yet because it's uncomfortable. We don't quite know what to do with ourselves in this stage. And I'm telling you, hang on. Just like Pastor David said, just show up. Keep showing up over and over again. It might not make sense, but eventually it'll take. David reigned for 40 years in Hebron, 33 years in Mount Zion. And during that time, that order was so established that David was able to raise up 4,000-piece orchestra and 288 singers. That happened in the Old Testament. Nothing has happened like that since. 24 hours a day, 24 hours a day, worship and praise going up. Like at IHOP in Kansas City, this will be the 25th year that in that room, music never has once stopped. Praise and intercession, that's what we're called to. We're called to intercede. That's what's going to happen. The stage is going to be full. The sealers are going to come. People are going to get delivered. People are going to get healed. And we'll be praising and magnifying the, the God of Jacob and the God of Abraham and my God 
and you're God. <laughs> it's incredible. And here's the scripture that we build our foundation on. In that day, I will raise up the tabernacle of David that is fallen and close up the breaches thereof. And I will raise up its ruins and I will build it just like in the days of old. I'm going to build another one like that in my New Testament church that they may possess the remnant of Edom and all the nations that are called by my name. And Edom means literally remnant men or Israel. Acts 15, 16. After these things, I will return and build again the tabernacle of David, which is fallen. I will build again the ruins thereof and set it up, that the residue of men may seek after the Lord and all the Gentiles upon whom my name is called, saith the Lord, who maketh these things known from old. Here are some of the requirements of the musician. You had to be in the house of the Lord. You had to be at least 30 years old. Later on, they changed that to 21. You had to have seven years of training. Thirdly, you had to quote the entire Torah, word perfect. And you had to know Hebrew poetry. See, the thing about the Jews is their culture, they didn't have a secular culture and a sacred culture. It was all sacred. Whether it was a love song about their wife, whether it was a love song about their chariot breaking down, or whatever it was, you know, there's all of these songs that would come forth, but you had to learn and you had to study. And their description in 1 Chronicles 16, 37, they were appointed to sing and to minister before the Lord continually. It was not a hobby. It's something that was convenient, you know. And this is what's so powerful. He's restoring that back to his church. He's giving us back that building up of that tabernacle. And I'm just giving you some of these musical terms as boring as they are to some of you because it's important that you know how well the tabernacle was put together. Incredible. In Incredible. You know, in Ephesians 5, uh, 19, it says to address one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Now, when's the last time we did that? Address one another with songs, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing one to another, making melody in your heart? Well, in 1640, they had something called the Sacred Heart Singers. Harp. They came on the scene because they wanted to take the model of a Jewish tabernacle and bring that into the church. And so they were also called the shape note singers. They only had eight melodies. They had over 120 songs, but every single song had to be sung by one of those melodies. And uh, if you didn't, you got scorned or got in trouble. And that word spiritual song means o denumatica. It means an ode of an unrehearsed nature brought forth by the ethereal breath of the Spirit of God through a person. It also means the spontaneous song of a people at the same time, in the same place, coming forth. And all of a sudden, you're having one of those moments, and you're going, well, what the worship team doing floundering around up there? And then all of a sudden, uh, an intercessor gets a note or gets a phrase, uh, like, say, today there's a spirit of child pornography that's real strong, and we begin to pray that, and then the spirit begins to come, and we move, and this is worship. We're all worshiping and going to one place together, and it's going to take some getting used to, but he says, this is what I'm going to restore. When corporate Unity begins to take place amongst us, and that's what's going to take, and that's why these house fires are so important that you can get to know someone and get to be known. Don't be like one of those people that say, well, they don't, I, no one ever talks to me, no one ever shakes my hand. The Bible says if you want a friend, show yourself friendly. Pretty simple. 
Yeah. And, and, I, and you know, the, the, the Hebrew word for unity is yeshev. Yeshev, it means melted together as by fire. Wow, what would it be if, if we had a people that we were so close together, knit together as by fire, and then we go into worship and suddenly we get a song about something that's happening in the bluff or in the city or in the nation or wildfires or floods, you know, or hurricanes or whatever it is, and we call out to God. And we walk out of the church building only to find out that the storm was quelled, the hurricane was squished, the flood water stopped through our song, praise and worship. It says that when we pray and we worship God, those prayers go up into the golden bowls in heaven. And the angels, when the timing is right and the sila fully comes forth, they throw down those prayers to the earth and the judgment of God comes forth or the healing of God comes forth. I found this point extremely interesting because I've seen it a hundred times, but suddenly one day I read it and it just hit me in the face. And that's how did they choose 4,000 musicians and 288 singers out of approximately 32 to 38,000 people. How did they do that? It says, the Bible says, 1 Chronicles 16, 4, they drew straws, they cast lots to see who was going to be on the worship team. So what does that mean? That means the whole entire tribe was musical. It was a musical tribe. And see, the natural things of the speaks things speak of the invisible. Can't you see clearly that's what God is making here? A tribe, a musical tribe. Some sing off, some sing perfect, some sing high, some sing low, but you're singing and you're making a sound, praising God, giving him your praise. It says in, in verse four, David had three to five men that would come around and they would record all the songs. David said, I worship seven times a day. He's praising God. He's praising him. Suddenly the spirit falls upon him and he gets a new song. He gets a spontaneous song and he writes it out. He, he writes it out and says, give this to the musician on Neganah. I'm sure y'all know what that is. Then he says, which is a single heart. Then he says, now finish recording this song. Here, give this, give this song to... Uh, Kenaniah, because this is a flute song. And, uh, or it could be uh, Nehalah, a string song, or a string instrument, or a harp song, a Giddith song. And quickly, I'll give you just a few of these words so you, you can see, and you probably, uh, you probably know most of them anyway, but Alamoth, Psalms 46, it's the treble singers or the high singers. Nehaloth, Psalms 5. That speaks of preparation or flute. Neganah, which is a single harp. Nagath, harp section or the Giddis. A maskil, it's a song of instruction. There were eight maskils in the Psalms. Very powerful. Search those out and read what they are. Songs of instructions. Songs of instructing us today because it's being built. The tabernacle, a maskil, shigianoth, Habakkuk three, erratic, wild, creative rhythm that makes absolutely no sense. I'd like to get in on some of that. <laughs> then we have a mitcam, which uh, in Psalm sixteen, many many mitcams throughout the scriptures, and that means uh, engraved or stamped in stone. That, that means one of those songs, that's, that's a song that's been around for a long, long time. And if you look at the titles, most of the translations have taken out the musician's terms. And the reason why they took out the musician's term, because back in when King James was translating, the musicians were the scum of the earth. They were the lowest, the singers and musicians. 
They, they begged and stole, and so they were the scum. They didn't even bother to translate the mu- musician's terms. They just said a musician's term after they said the word. So there's so much to learn in, in this particular subject. There's, it's impossible to cover this and the Selahs in one day. But then we see that in Chronicles again, that on that certain day, David appointed that thanksgiving be sung to the Lord by Asaph and the brothers and all the other musicians. We see in 1 Chronicles 25.1, David and the chiefs of the service set apart for the sons of Asaph, Heman, and Jebuthun, which prophesied with harps and cymbals. Now we know that Lucifer was one of the archangels. Gabriel was the messenger Michael was the warrior. It says in Ezekiel 28 that his pipes were formed in him. Satan, his pipes were formed on the inside of him. And he sang and led the whole heavenly host into worship. Imagine leading billions and billions of souls to worship until pride entered his heart and he was cast down and the throne then from all... Out till now, the throne became uncovered. There was no one to cover the throne. That was his job. His pipes being formed in him. But we'll look and see a scripture of prophecy now that's talking about us and the new tabernacle. That's to come. Listen to what was written in Psalms 102. It's talking about us. This is the restoration of the tabernacle of David. But you, O Lord, are enthroned forever. You are remembered throughout the generations. You will arise and have pity on Zion. It's time to favor her. The appointed time has come, our time. For your servants hold her stones dear. He's talking about the stones of a a sanctuary, another sermon. And have pity on her dust. Nations will fear the name of the Lord. And the kings of the earth will fill you. The Lord builds up Zion. He appears in his glory. He regards the prayer of the destitute. He does not despise their prayer. Listen, let this be recorded for a generation to come so that a people yet to be created may praise you. That's us. We're that people that he's creating He heard the groans of the prisoners. He's heard our cries. He's hearing our intercession. We're going to start, we're going to get past this uncomfortable stage. And some of you will get songs and some of you will get prophetic words. I said earlier, how do I know if I've got the gift of prophecy or uh, am I called to be a prophet or a pastor or a teacher? If you have that longing in your, your heart for one of those gifts, it's probably already in your soul that God wants you to have it. The singers and musicians, they were in, how long are those here? 120? So, anyway, the singers and musicians, we were appointed, instructed, and they were separated. And I long for that day when this house and the build-out is done and eventually we can get that music started where we're, we're teaching our children and we're, even adults are coming to learn more about how to play an instrument or to sing a song or to make melody in your heart. But you don't think God's going to leave us with nothing with all of this stuff that's coming on the earth now, all this woke stuff, all the transgender stuff. You don't think God's going to leave us destitute with nothing, do you? Don't you think he's going to give us something, a new type of weapon or form of weapon that's going to put the enemy in his place and the enemy can't do a thing about it because God's people have come in to Yeshev. Unity. Unity. And our songs will change the face of our nation and our city. Imagine when all the tabernacles of David all over the world rise up. And you know trouble's coming our way. It didn't take a rocket scientist to figure it out. But I won't be in fear because I'll be on the floor eating carpet and crying and praising God, thanking Him for all that He's done for my life. 
So we've got the main musicians, Asaph, they all prophesied unto the king. Jaduthun, Heman, who was Samuel's grandson. Uh, the tabernacle was just set up. In, it, it was an incredible work of art, even how it ran. And um, the chief musician, who was Kenaniah, his name is, means made for song. Yes. And also, yes, and the Hebrew word for song is masal. That word masal means prophetic burden. And that's what God wants to place on all of us. The burden of the prophetic is going to be absolutely incredible. It says in 1 Chronicles 15, Kenaniah was the leader. He was ahead of all of the music because it says he understood the song. That's why he was the chief musician. So what does the new song do? Look at 149.1. Praise the Lord, sing unto the Lord a new song, and praise in the congregation of saints. And what does the new song do? Go down to verse 7. To bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron. To execute upon them the judgments written this honor has all the saints of God. All of us. Everybody say all. All of us. That means all, by golly. <laughs> I just am so excited. When we get to the place of functioning on that deep, deep anointing, we're going to see some incredible, incredible things take place. Like First uh, Chronicles 5, I think it was, they... The, tree, the priest came in, they blew the 120 trumpets, the Spirit of God fell so strong, all of Israel worshiping, that the presence of God came down, and then the glory cloud came. It says a cloud came and filled the temple. I've seen that cloud one time. It came in and filled the temple, and it was so powerful that the priest could not even stand to minister. They couldn't do their priestly duties because it was powerful. We know about Tehillah, Pastor Dave and Jordan had talked about it once. One of the seven Hebrew words for praise. It's a powerful word. He responds to all of them, Yada, Barak, and all the, all the seven words. But he dwells in the Tehillah. That is the surging forth of the spontaneous song of the people of God together at the same time. My God. Imagine that coming on this whole church, this body. What's going to happen to us when we come into that place and start operating like that? Okay. This is going to be way too short, but I'm going to do my best and try to pick and choose. I'm not really a teacher or a speaker. Somebody twisted my arm. <laughs> It told me I had to do this. <laughs> so the word Selah is used 71 times in the Psalms and three times in Habakkuk. There are basically five Selahs. This is not set in stone. This is just through my studies. The flight of the storm Selah, the death mail Selah, sacrificial Selah, the war Selah, and the triumphant Selah. I'll go through a few of these. The first one, the flight of the storm, Psalms 55. Here's another word. To the chief musician on Neganoth. That means a harp or a giddith. A giddith, giddith with 20-something strings. And a maskil. What's a maskil? It's a song of instruction. And uh, these words are very important. And they're spread throughout all the scripture. Amos was an incredible musician. And then you, Hosea, all of the, the selahs and phrases that instruct God's people how to go into a war. And we're just at the very beginning of this tabernacle coming forth. One or two started in different places, but he wants to see us firing on all cylinders where we have a new song, several new songs every Sunday. 
And listen, you've got to get rid of the attitude of there, the move came, well, it's gone now. Only one move for service, right? you got to get rid of that attitude. God can move the entire service. But the Spirit of God senses our spirits, and it knows when we say, well, I've just had enough today, instead of really pressing in and going deeper and deeper with the Lord. So we were talking about uh, Psalms 55. Give ear to my prayer, O God, and hide not thyself from my supplication. Now remember, this is a prayer and a song. Attend unto me and hear me, God. I mourn in my complaint and make a noise because of the voice of the enemy, because of the voice of the enemy telling us what we can and can't not do with our children. And then we rise up and begin to get a praise. And then the prophetic song comes. Crush the head of that thing that tells us that, God, in the name of Jesus. And we go after it with all of our heart. This is crazy. When I thought, man, this is actually a song. Because of the voice of the enemy, because of the oppression of the wicked, they cast iniquity upon me, and in wrath they hate me. Crazy that this is a song. My heart is sore pain within me. And the terrors of death are fallen. Horror hath overwhelmed me. And I said, Oh, that I had the wings like a dove, for then I would fly away and be at rest. Lo, I would wander off and remain in the wilderness. What was his escape? The escape was the storm. He was describing the fury of it, he was describing a dove flying away from a harmful situation, trying to go into a peaceful wilderness. And then the Selah comes. The Selah, listen, the Selah was God prophetically imposing or interjecting the power of his spirit into the people of God musically. I need to say that one more time. The Selah was God prophetically imposing or interjecting the power of the Spirit onto the people of God musically. So such in such a way that when the worship team and the singing had all come together and we got into Yeshev, that fiery unity, then the Spirit of God began to birth the prayer through the seers or through the intercessors, and then we begin to take it to the stage and do business with heaven. That is the central focus of the tabernacle. In short, what was the sila for? It was to create a picture in sound. That's what the sila is. Yes, there's a place for rest. There's also a place for, in music, there's eight bars. After that, you rest and then turn around and do eight bars again. But with the sila, the musicians, imagine what we're just reading about. This terrible storm and the wicked and the oppression and depression that came upon him. And his escape was the storm using the power of the dove as well. They created this picture. They would make the sounds of a, the war. The people would stomp their feet or beat their hands. In the harp section in the tabernacle, all the harps would all play furiously and make the sound of either running water or just whatever, whatever was happening. And that's why you see wherever there's a sila, especially a war sila, you're always going to see praise afterwards. Because after you do the warfare... And we'll all know it. We'll be praying for, for pornography or something. And, and we'll be praying and bringing it down. And suddenly, suddenly the sila comes and then the release. Because most of the time the worship team don't know what to do when the sila comes. Except jump up and down and get all excited. But it's for a specific person. A specific purpose and reason to do warfare. The saints of God. They made all of these sounds. And if it was on Neganoth, it would be, could be up to 40 or 50 harps playing and making the picture of, of what's going on here in this. And if you want to see a crazy picture in your own time, go read Habakkuk 3. Un- unbelievable Selah there. Incredible. But 
This is another storm, Selah, here. A flight of the storm. Hear my cry, O God. Attend to my prayer. From the end of the earth, I will cry unto you. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Thou hast been a shelter for me, a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in thy tabernacle forever. Yes, God, may it be so. I will trust in the covert of thy wings. Selah. You see the picture again of the flight, and you see the the picture flying away. And again, he uses the dove as a reference, flying away from the storm. And in time, we're going to be able to put more and more meaning and reference to what and how we sing. Because every sila, it's like uh, Moses throwing the rod down on the ground and it turns into a serpent. It's, it's more powerful than that. When we come into that unity and pray, we won't, we know there's an election coming up and we're crying out to God. Uh, we want what you want, oh God. We don't want what necessarily looks perfect. We want what you, God, what you want. And then you've got the death mail, Silo. And, and you, you're, you're, you're going to be shocked to see how much power comes out of this house in the future when we go into these places and worship. And now it's uncomfortable for most of all of us because it's like they're up there noodling around on their instruments and we're like, well, what do we do, you know? You sing a new song. Think while, while they're up there, think in your, your mind or in your heart, what can I be singing now? You know, even if you sing off key and you know you can't sing, you got to sing anyway because your voice makes up part of the atonal system in the ministry of notes and sounds. And the, the greatest famine in the world is going to be after and about unusual sounds in the earth. Because on earth as it is in heaven, and if they're doing that up there, they got a big old, big old shindig going on up there. Imagine what's going to happen when those golden bowls are emptied over flower bluff and the prayers of the saints begin to take, take a hold and do what God has created them to do. Then you have the death mail Selah. I call it that because uh, like in times of old, it's, uh, it's the sudden death, the quick death. The, the death notes, they had these trumpets that were six and a half feet, seven feet, like 10 inches, and then eight feet long. And they were called cremars, and they would blow these trumpets, this low, eerie note. You know, that crazy death sound. The, the musicians here are trying to make a sound of death. They're trying to paint a picture of death. Look at Psalms 52. Why do you boast of evil, almighty man? The steadfast love of God endures all day. Your tongue plots destruction like a sharp razor. You worker of deceit. You love evil more than good, lying more than speaking what is right. Selah. You love all words that devour, O deceitful tongue. But God will break you down forever. He will snatch you and tear you from your tent. He will uproot you from the land of the living. Selah. Can you see that? That song is a song of judgment. It's the same Selah in Psalms 59. It's pronouncing judgment. And that's what's going to happen. The word of God in our mouth, the song of the Lord, singing the song. But we now leave the place where it's a single singer, and it's a spontaneous song brought forth by the whole body at the same time. So we've got some explaining to do and some learning to do. Because we're going to have to start communicating openly, like who's got the song or who's getting something that we should be praying for out of this neighborhood or out of this house. Who's got that? And then maybe it's one of the seers or the prophets that see it come to the stage. I think I've got the word. And maybe there's someone that moderates that go, no, not for now, maybe for later. Someone that does a moderation. So we learn we're going to have a... a to learn a lot together, this place, if he's going to rebuild the tabernacle. Everyone say, rebuild the tabernacle. 
It's in his heart. So, you know, the sacrificial sila is always, and by the way, for each of these selahs, study it out yourself. There's tons of them. They go on forever and ever. That's why it's so important. And then after a while, as you begin to study the selahs, a picture will take place why this selah was put into this certain place at this particular time in that particular prayer song. It was known that the, in the sacrifices, whenever they gave sacrifices, the, the trumpets would blow, the sacrificial selah, accompanied by wherever there was the altar and people giving sacrifices, there was also the trumpets. And the silver trumpet that would sometimes literally pause. They're burning the flesh on the altar. And suddenly, there's a huge wave of smoke that comes up. And they pause and wait before they blow the trumpet. And then when the smoke begins to disappear into the air, the trumpet blows. And there's a shabak, a shout from the people of God. <laughs> I'm going to get anointed here in a minute, maybe. <laughs> so, this, these two subjects literally go forever and ever and ever. So, read your Bible. Psalms 47.5, God has gone up with a shout, and the Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Sing praises to God, sing praises. Sing praises to our king, sing praises. For God is the king of all the earth. Sing praises with the psalm. We have the sacrificial selah, much more, many more places in the psalms, but for the sake of time. Then there's the war selah, Psalm 60. To the choir master, according to Shishan Edith, that means the short trumpets, Shoshan, Edith, or Edu. And this is a mikcam. It's that one of those songs that are engraved in stone. That's sung a lot. It's been around for a long time. And it says that the two people in here, well, I won't dare pronounce their name. And when Joab, on his return, struck down 12,000 of Edom in the Valley of Salt, you know this is a war, Selah. You strike down... 12,000 people, oh God, you have rejected us. You've broken our defenses. You've been angry. Restore us, God. You have made the land to quake. You have torn it open. Repair its breaches, Father, for it totters. You have made your people see hard things. You have given us wine to drink that made us stagger. You have set up a banner for those who fear you and that they may flee to it from the bow. Selah. Anytime you see a banner in Scripture, it's going to be talking about war. And that war, Selah, you know what it's like to when you're in your prayer room or you're at church and suddenly the Spirit comes on you and that beautiful, beautiful melody of affection swirls around you as you begin to give praise to God. And suddenly he puts that sila in all of our mouths, that picture. And the musicians begin to paint a picture in sound of what is actually happening with that sila. It's powerful, so powerful. Every time you see a war sila, after that, it always ends in praise for every war song. Because what does praise do? Praise is a weapon of war against the powers of all the enemy. So, we've also got the Jericho Shabbat, the shout of God. That's so powerful. So, just to give you a, a backup, because I have to, I wanted to give you a, just a little tiny bit of history uh, before we close out. And... Um, as I was telling you earlier, there were eight melodies that they sang in the songbooks and also the Sacred Heart Singers. They didn't sing the words. The words were written on the page. They just sang the notes, and they used the words fa, so, la, ti, do, 
re mi. And they sang the melody of the hymn and read the hymn, but the notes were the fa, so, la, and they would move their hands, all of them, in time. And they sat in a circle. They sat in a square, sorry, to represent part of what happens at the synagogue in the older, older days, the olden days. And they faced one another. That's why Ephesians 5 says, singing to one another with songs, with hymns, and with spiritual songs. Yeah? So let me make you uncomfortable here for a minute. That happened around, uh, in 1948, a phenomenon took place at the Ryman Auditorium. And a little skinny man came out and sang a song called Love Sick Blues in 1948. And it was so powerful, he had 10 encores. They had to shut the radio station down and literally shut the musicians down because it's the first thing anything like that had happened. It was actually secular music that was anointed. And so they finally got it shut down, but many of the churches started reporting that there was a spiritual move in music that was taking place at that same time. Very, very powerful thing. And then in 1640, you got a guy named John Elliott. He was called to minister to all the American Indians. And he decided that America needed its first, very first songbook. And the songbook was called, printed in America, 1640. And it was called the Bay Book of Songs from the Massachusetts Bay. It's called the Bay Book, Book of Songs. And it had eight melodies Lots of songs, but you had to sing the songs to one of those melodies. That's crazy. Different, huh? It would be wonderful to see all those melodies and how they went. And like a conductor, you know, the right hand keeps the time. The left hand keeps the movement of the music, the emotion of the music. And that's why the sacred harp singers were sat in a, in a square and using their hands like this and doing the song. Fa, la, sol, la, fa, la, sol, la, you know. And um, they were called the shape note singers. There's a, there's a revival that happens every year in Ireland, and the shape note singers gather. And now it's taking a hold of a lot of the young people all over the nations. They started one in Rome, Greece, and it's... Uh, and the young people are starting to catch hold. It's very powerful. So it's going to be so exciting in the last days when we come together. All our instruments, all our voices, the new song. Listen, something happened when the black man came into our culture. Something musically changed. Of course, you know they brought the banjo for, over from Africa. That was one of their donations to music. When the black man became into our culture, our music began to change. It changed around, around that time in New Orleans. There was the first jazz band that came out. They, they were called Stale Bread and the Spasms. Yeah, that's the first jazz, very first jazz band that was recorded in the U.S. And at the time, we would not let the black man sing when they work in the fields. We wouldn't let them talk, sorry. We wouldn't allow them to talk, but we would allow them to sing. And so they sang, and they had a beat block. One man that started the song with the beat, and then the song took off and lasted from morning until evening, till they had their break. And uh, it was so powerful because... One thing the white man did not know was that there was this one song that the black people working as they used to sing, it was a song called Follow the Drinking Gourd. So the pit boss would sing, uh, down by the island, 
next to the chariot tree. And the people would respond, follow the drinking gourd. Then he would say the next line, na, 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 na. And then they would say, follow the drinking gourd. And little did the white man know that the black man, they were singing songs of deliverance. That song they were singing, which they thought was silly, was a song of deliverance. And it was the roadmap audibly through the Underground Railroad, leading him to the way. <laughs> Powerful, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, we let them sing those silly songs, but they, they pulled one up on us singing those songs of deliverance. <laughs> yes. And so, anyway, I, I, would, I could go much more on the sealers, but I feel, Pastor David, I feel like the Lord... Um, wants to do something, and I don't know what it is. So I'm going to pray for y'all now first, and then you get you get something. So we are in probably the most exciting time that we've ever been in as a body because we got some learning to do. We've got a lot of learning to do. And it's going to take some humility. And men, we're going to have to lay our egos aside and uh, trust God to lead us and guide us. So let me pray for you. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that this message would take root, that people would be uh, encouraged, that you're actually, you actually told us, uh, even in Revelation several thousand years ago, some of the songs that we're going to be singing when you return. And it was such a powerful example of perfect, organized chaos and spiritual praise at the same time. And I thank you for these people here today, Lord, that you would take us to a place that we have not experienced and help us to get past that uh, uncomfortable feeling and give us wisdom. Show us how this thing is supposed to come down, Lord. Show us, show us and teach us. Holy Spirit, Jesus, you said you sent the Holy Spirit to teach us all things, to show us all things. We need not that any man teach us all things to come. And so we're asking you, Holy Spirit, we're like little children with our arms out. Teach us, teach us, teach us, Lord. Teach us, let this message be a part of our hearts that we would sing praises to you that we would go home and set up a little altar so our children can see us worship from time to time. We set the example and we become that musical tribe because everyone can sing. Everyone was given a voice. Everyone can sing and praise, and we thank you for that, Father. We know you'll accomplish your word because it's your word that you always want to bring about to come to pass. In Jesus' name. Let's give Kevin a hand clap. Um, just a couple quick things before we go home. I know that was a lot, and I know that a lot of that was maybe seemed irrelevant to you or you didn't really know what to do with it. But I've had these conversations with Kevin many times personally, and I knew that this needed to be recorded, and I needed to hear him put it together in a way that we could all go back and listen to it and meditate on it. And so my challenge to you is, is that you would go back and that you would take some of the things that you heard and that you would develop it out for yourself. And, you know, my heart is to see the promise of the restoration of the tabernacle of David and that we would get to be a part of that. We're not going to be the only ones. It's going to come to the church as a whole, I believe. But I do believe that we get to be forerunners and pioneers in it. And so what I'd say is just enjoy the ride. Say yes. Be, be willing you know, keep showing up, keep singing a new song, keep embracing the sound of the Lord, and let's see where the Lord takes us together. It's going to be an adventure. 
I really don't have any idea. I'm learning together with you. But I want the new sound. I want the new song. I want to see our songs shift culture around us, right? You know, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, so we fight differently. They fight one way through anger and hatred, and the enemy who hates us is going to launch an attack, and we're going to respond not the way they fight, but with a song and a sound and worship, right? And so I'm just so grateful for you, Kevin. Thank you. Thank you. I'm proud of you. You know, he, he did all he could to talk me out of having him do this on a Sunday morning. He's like, it'd be better on a Wednesday or in a school or in a class. And yeah, I mean, really, we need a class on the Tabernacle of David. I mean, there's so much that he, t- he, he threw at us this morning that you can't absorb it all. But that's why we've recorded it. And it'll be posted so you can go back and listen to it. And Kevin is a part of our family. We'll have more in the Firestorm School of Ministry in the future. And so I'm so grateful for you. And I learned a lot. There were many things that you said that really brought it home for me. A couple of things you said that I really loved is we're all part of the worship team. When you walk in here, please don't check out, check in. Don't check out, check in. And look, I know sometimes it's like, what's happening? What's it going? And the enemy's like, get up and go to the bathroom. You got to pee and don't pay attention. And what are you going to have for lunch? And what's, and we'd like all over the place. And who do I need to text and the news? And it's, but I have to make a concerted, diligent effort to stay engaged. Because even if I feel like I'm not getting it here, I'm getting it here. Because it's still going in my ears and my my spirit and my conscience catches it. Think about that. You know how many things I feel like I don't get in the moment, but later down the line, it comes back to me? You know, uh, Mark and I were talking about memorizing scripture. With, he was talking about it with his kids. And what happens is, is the word is the seed that gets in you, and at the right time, God germinates it. You don't even realize you're getting it. And then all of a sudden, you're like, wait a minute, I know that scripture, I know that word, or I heard that somewhere before, right? And so I'm just so encouraged today. I'm very encouraged, and I love you all. I love this church to no end, and we're gonna be true to who God has called us to be, amen? All right, let's all stand. You have a word? Okay, let's all stand up. Come, Come share the word quickly, please to what you just said. The word of the Lord is this. I am the Lord that heals and delivers. Today, here, I was here to heal and deliver. I will increase your faith and I will help your unbelief, but I will not compete with your digital media. When you come to my house and seek my spirit for healing and deliverance, focus yourself on me. For these men and women seek to be not musicians, but minstrels. And the teaching you have received is accurate, says the Lord. Focus yourself that I be glorified and you be healed. Amen. Amen. You know what I do is I flip my phone upside down and put it to the side. And I'm like, okay, this is the time to really engage. Now, I also take notes, right? But in worship, in worship... I'm, I'm, we're focused on what God, and that is a good word because when we come in here, it's time to learn, it's time to be students, and it's time to engage with this presence, amen? So Lord, I thank you so much that this house, Rock City Church, gets to be a part of the restoration of the Tabernacle of David, and that the sound and the song and the worship that comes out of all of us will shift this community, will shift this region, the state, the nation, and the nations of the world. Lord, you're looking for a bride that's lovesick and desperate for you. And in our worship, may that be an accurate reflection of it. And I thank you, Lord, it's not just here, it's at home, that we're secret place dwellers. And because we dwell in the secret place all the time, we, we abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I just thank you for our worship team, our musicians, those that are here and those that are coming. I thank you, Lord, that you're gonna teach us how all of us can be a part through spiritual songs and hymns, through prophetic words. God, I thank you that 
this house has something great to give and we all get to be a part of it. And we love you and I bless everyone here as we go prepare our hearts for Supernormal Natural Wednesday. Lord, prepare us now for what you wanna do then. And I thank you, God, for giving us wisdom for our lives and our future. In Jesus' name, amen.